Starting today, Ontario is allowing long-term care and retirement home visits with loved ones. So that's some good news. Now, there are some uh, sticking points here. You have to have tested negative for the virus in the last two weeks. And uh, you're only allowed to visit if the facility has no outbreaks. And it's my understanding from previous interviews that an outbreak is one active case of COVID, I believe. So where long-term care homes are concerned, you are uh, limited to one outdoor visit per week per resident. And retirement homes, you can go in, you can have your uh, visits in or outside, but you have to maintain that safe social distancing. And of course, we know why. That's because Ontario long-term care facilities have been devastated by outbreaks of COVID-19, with more than 7,000 residents and staff becoming infected, over 1,700 residents' deaths. So how do we prepare for a second wave of the pandemic? Well, having an antiviral that would help fight COVID outbreaks is uh, one way to approach that. And research in Toronto, researchers in Toronto have been given the green light to launch Canada's first clinical trial into whether an antiviral drug can work during an outbreak. Dr. Allison McGeer is a senior clinician scientist at Sinai Health and the lead in the clinical study. Welcome to the show, Dr. McGeer. It's good to have you back. Good morning. Nice to talk to you. So what can you tell us, first of all, about the antiviral drug that you're using in the clinical trial and what is it normally used to treat? So this is a drug that is usually used to treat influenza. It hasn't been used in Canada, but it's been used in Japan for the last six or seven years. Um, and it's one of the drugs that is active against a, a range of viruses. So it's not only been used against influenza, it was also used for Ebola in um, in the recent outbreaks in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, and it works against both those viruses. And in the test tube, it works against um, COVID-19 as well. So uh, there's reason to hope that it will work clinically when, when we use it to treat people. And it's probably more likely to work better if we use it to prevent the infection rather than to try to treat it. Okay, so, so what, what is the working, is what's the working theory before uh, on how this antiviral will work? So the, the antiviral itself works by preventing the virus from copying itself once it causes an infection. So it, it kills off the virus, um, and it should do that whether you're infected with it already or whether you're just exposed to it, but it'll probably work better where there's less virus around. And in, in outbreaks of COVID-19, we're using it in the same way that we use a medication for influenza outbreaks called oseltamivir or Tamiflu, which is that once an outbreak break starts in a nursing home. Influenza, like COVID-19, is very difficult to control in nursing homes because people live close together and they have a lot of contact with each other. And so when there's an outbreak of influenza, everybody on the unit, um, all of the residents and staff who are not vaccinated because for, for flu, we've got a vaccine, so that makes life a lot easier, take oseltamivir until we know that the virus is gone. So we're, and, and that works beautifully every time to stop outbreaks of influenza and long-term care. We've gotten very used to it and we don't worry about those outbreaks nearly as much as we used to before we had this drug. So we're hoping that we can use favipiravir for COVID-19 just the way we use Tamiflu for influenza, which is that if an outbreak starts, everybody will take the Tamiflu or take the favipiravir um, and that will stop the outbreak from spreading. 
Now, we don't, okay. we don't it, know that's going to happen because this is a new drug, and that's why we're testing it in the study as opposed to just using it. And was I right off the, off the introduction? Is an outbreak considered one person getting uh, COVID-19? You're absolutely, so there's, there's two different things here. So from a public health point of view at the moment, an outbreak is one person getting COVID-19. The definition we're using for a study is different because for the, when, when one person has COVID-19 in the nursing home, everybody's on high alert. People are really careful. The reason you declare an outbreak is so that, that, that all the precautions can be ramped up. But it doesn't always mean that the virus is going to spread. So, so we're, we wouldn't want to start the study unless we were sure that the virus was spreading in the nursing home. So for, for the study, there have to be two cases in residence of the home on the same floor of the home or the same unit of the home before we would start the study. Okay, so this study, can not it's not necessarily going to start immediately. Am I uh, assuming correctly that uh, you choose uh, the, the home, the long-term care home, um, um, by just the fact that they might have an outbreak? Is that how this study is going to work? Can you run through it for us? Yeah, so so what we're hoping, we're, we, we've just started it, and in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking to every nursing home in Ontario about the study and what it means for the home and for the residents and the staff, um, and we're going to be asking homes and, and residents and staff and decision makers for residents um, about their interest in being part of the study and whether should there happen to be an outbreak in their home, we're really hoping there isn't, but if there is, whether they could be part of the study. And then we're, it, it's really the homes that are going to pick us as opposed to us picking the homes. Homes, we, Everybody's watching for outbreaks when there is an outbreak. Um, if homes are interested, they're going to call us and then we're going to talk to everybody about in detail about what it would mean to be in the study and how we would start the medication. And then um, if, if everything is a go, then we will start the medication and watch what happens during the outbreak. Okay, so uh, let's just give a scenario here. Say a long-term care home says, yes, Dr. McGeer, we're very interested in being in the study. They have an outbreak. They let you know you get um, the antiviral to them that they're, you're going to use in this study that you're hoping will uh, decrease the uh, timeline of the outbreak, the severity of the outbreak, um, and maybe, you know, end it sooner rather than later before it gets completely out of control. What happens if um, one of the residents' family members or one of the residents themselves say, I, I don't want that, I don't want that experimental uh, antiviral well, then, then, then they don't get it. And this is the, um, you know, always when you take medication, even an influenza outbreak with Tamiflu, if one of the residents says, I'm not taking this medication, well, then they're not taking the medication. That's all, all of us do that. So, so this is about, this, this study is only going to work um, if everybody who is in long-term care facilities looks at it and agrees with us. That, that it is relevant and important and, and worth their while to be part of the study. So there's no, um, this is entirely at the end, the choice of the staff and the residents who live in those long-term care homes and initially of the homes themselves about, about whether they can do this. So um, yes, this study will, this study will only work um, if people looking at our information, our data agree with us that it's an important study and, and are willing to work with us to do it. Is there going to be a, a placebo component of this study so that you can, you know, um, determine if it really is the antiviral working? 
Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly what that that's this is why this is a study. We we get back to we don't know whether this antiviral works. There's reason to believe it might, but the only way you can find out whether a drug works is to do a placebo-controlled study. So facilities that are that are part of this study will be randomized, so it'll be by chance alone. Half of those facilities will get the active drug, and half of those facilities will get um, a, a placebo, so a pill that looks like the active drug but doesn't have any drug in it. Um, and, and then both of them will get the very best that everybody can do to manage the outbreak without um, the medication. And we... So that isolates the medication as does the medication itself help. Does that raise an ethical question? Well, <laughs> the world is full of ethical questions. Yes, for sure. You know, this is for for us to do studies, we need to be we we need to have to know the answer to the question, right? So and the only way you can find out whether these drugs work is by doing these randomized controlled studies. If we just started with this medication in nursing homes, um, then it, it, first of all, we might give it to people and if, like any antibiotic, it has some side effects. It's a, it's a, this is a very safe drug, it's part of the reason why we're happy to use it, but still, you know, all antibiotics, even ampicillin, um, cephalexin have side effects to them. And so we don't want to be giving a drug that doesn't work to people. On the other hand, we don't want people not to have a medication that might make a big difference to COVID-19 outbreaks in long-term care. So we have to find out whether it works or not. And we've spent um, uh, several months working at this question of how do we find out in the fastest and most effective way possible whether this drug works or not. And and, and this is our decision and our research ethics board and the Health Canada people who have to pass trials, they have, have agreed that this is the best way we can find out. Um, but it, it, yeah, it would be really nice if we had some miracle mm-hmm. way of being able to say, yes, we know, we don't have that. Okay, so um, this is, this, this we think is the most effective way of doing it. How available is this drug? You know, if, if this is, if you find that after your trial, yes, it's working. We've got great results in this, in this clinical trial. How hard is it going to get her to get, how hard will it be to get our hands on this drug? And will people be, you know, from other countries start stockpiling it? Is there a risk that we'd run out? I mean, I know I'm throwing a bunch of uh, questions at you that you might not be able to answer, uh, but I'm just curious. So I can't give you a complete answer. This this drug is actually made by a Japanese company, and um, uh, when we when, when we looked at <clears throat> originally in February, looked at what medications we thought might work, which ones we thought were most important to test. Um, it it came down to this one that we thought was going to be the one that might work in in nursing homes, and it it took us a long time to persuade the Japanese manufacturer to allow drug out of the country so that we could use it um, um, with a lot of help from a great many people. So so we have, in Canada at the moment, we have this very small supply, which is for this study only. That's all we can access. But the Japanese man, it's, it's being used in, in Japan in studies. Um, and I, I don't know how much the Japanese manufacturer could make um, if, they, if they needed it. It's also... Um, being made in China and Russia, and you know, I, th- I think we might well want to ask 
what the quality of those manufacturing is, and that's that's a health Canada decision about whether um, we could import drug for those companies. It is it is generic, so that a Canadian manufacturer could theoretically start making it if it worked. I think you know everybody at the moment is saying, okay, we, we the the first question is, does it work? Um, right. I'm sure that if it does work, that we can figure out ways to scale up production quickly. Um, I do think with you know with one manufacturer in Japan. It's going to be a little bit hard to know what um, uh, what they will do. At the moment, they have reserved almost all of the supply for Japan. Japanese government is not allowing them to, to export it. But that's not unreasonable given that we don't know whether it works and that they are, they are allowing people to get access to it for specific studies that people believe are important to do. So the good news is the clinical trial will start soon. The bad news is we have to wait for an outbreak at a long-term care home for it to begin. No, no, the good news is we have to wait for an outbreak. Okay, so the very best outcome of this study would be if we couldn't do it. Because if right. we can't do it because there are no outbreaks, we're gonna ha- that, that would be amazing. Okay, so All right. really, I, I, the very best outcome is we can't do this study. That's what I'm hoping for. It um, would be fantastic if you didn't have to go to work. But I, you know, I think we've already seen how hard it is to control COVID-19 transmission in long-term care, and 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 predictably, um, because of of the way um, we we the, a, a lot of time the way we want to interact with people in long-term care. Those are those are. But long-term care homes are places where we want to allow a lot of contact. So it, of it's it's really important that we try to find ways of protecting people in long-term care from COVID-19 that don't involve intensive isolation. And that's what that's what we're trying to do here. All right. Normally, I would end with best of luck with your study, but I'll say... Um... I won't end that way this time because that would be bad <laughs> it's news. It's really hard to know what to say. Yes, don't say that. We don't want that. All right. Dr. McGeer, it's a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for sparing some time. Take care.